Welcome to the Inclusive Growth Show with Toby Milden. Future-proofing your business by creating a diverse workplace. Hello there. Thank you ever so much for tuning into this episode of the Inclusive Growth Show. I'm Toby Milden, and today I'm joined by Meg Sunshine. Now, I met Meg on LinkedIn, uh, which is where you meet all great people. And we got talking about diversity and inclusion. And um, Meg has got a really interesting background and she does some really interesting things around diversity and inclusion in esports. So Meg, it's great to have you on the show today. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me on. It's nice to talk to you again. So Meg, could you just let us know a bit more about who you are, what you do and what what brought you to this point in time? Yeah, so it was all very unexpected. It kind of happened quickly. Obviously, I played a lot of games when I was younger as a child, but it kind of fizzled out because obviously, as I'm going to discuss, no one really expects girls to go into professional gaming or however you want to say it. But at university, I got really into playing in tournaments, which I now play in for like six hours a week, actually. And I noticed, obviously, a lot of toxicity in the scene and a lot of lack of female role models to look up to. So obviously, as soon as you get into something, you want to see someone who's better than you, who's more successful than you, that you can you know, be inspired by. And I didn't really have that. So since then, I've been really, really involved in initiatives that get women into esports, because I feel like there's honestly a huge lack of it. Yeah, and it's definitely a problem. Absolutely. And you're at Manchester University, or in fact, you've just graduated, haven't you? Yeah, I'm about to graduate soon. (laughs) And what is it that you've been studying? So I study English literature, which I know seems very strange for someone going into esports, but it did just seem like the the natural path for me. That's cool. So um, what has your involvement in the Manchester University Esports Society been? So I'm the Diversity and Inclusions Officer at the University of Manchester Esports Society. I've also recently been elected as president for the remainder of the year, which is really exciting. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, the University of Manchester's largest society, so it has over 1,600 members in our Discord. Um, And being on the committee has just made me take esports extremely seriously and I actually see it as a viable profession now. Alongside this, though, I started in the society as a player for the University of Manchester. So there are these UK-wide tournaments called Newell and NSE. I was doing a good six hours a week playing in tournaments, like I said, and I still do to this day. But when I first joined, I was really, really nervous. I remember like drafting a message asking if I could join the team, and I read it over and over again like a million times because I was just so scared to talk because... There's so many members, but there's really not a single female member you could or that I could see in sight at the time. Yeah. It's obviously a very male dominated hobby to have. And the way that the you know, gamers have a reputation of being quite toxic. So I was really scared of being ridiculed. There's a lot of harmful presumptions about female gamers, which are just like horrible to be confronted with. So I didn't yeah. want to have to go through that. But I learned early on that you know, it was quite a toxic community. At the time I got into gaming, I was like a very anxious point in life. I was way too scared to join voice chat in any of my games. Like I had to, I said this in a talk before I did 
in front of some people talking about women in esports. <laughs> I've mentioned how I used to have to stare at my wall and like muster up the courage to say hi in voice chat. Like nothing special, literally just hi. <laughs> I yeah. was so nervous. I was literally shaking. But I do feel like the exposure to all this uh, discrimination and like forcing myself to get involved despite that and speak up for myself has given me thicker skin and more confidence to speak up for myself. But yeah. it also just inspired me to seriously want to help change the gaming community and esports industry because I do want it to be more accessible for people. I'm really shocked that that kind of culture has emerged within esports given you know it, it's a fairly new genre really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is definitely growing, but we're not growing our ideas with it clearly it's staying really rigid but from this i did get involved in a company called host salford in media city which is kind of where i was able to really do the diversity inclusion uh, route in esports so they just built an esports studio and alongside it the ceo um, mo isap asked if i would co-found like a women in esports network which I thought was you know I was so pleased that they were doing that I remember when they asked me I was just so happy because I was worried obviously you see an esports studio be built and you don't know where they're gonna really be going with that but it was so rewarding and successful because I could like combine the hobby of esports and my passion within that for you know inclusivity together and it's crazy that I I went from being too nervous to say hi in a team of five strangers to like giving this long speech in front of you know a room full of important people in esports you know about diversity inclusion and it just like made me realize how far I've come through esports and I just want the same for other people really. Absolutely and I know that I mean there are there are other diversity aspects we could consider as well because when I worked at the BBC, I I knew somebody who was involved in gaming, and um, she told me about this organisation called Special Effects, which helps disabled people play games by adapting controllers and and things like that. Yeah. So have you, have you got involved in you know disability inclusion in esports as well? Yeah, I haven't done as as much as I would like to, but I definitely follow it a lot. And I follow Special Effect on LinkedIn and everywhere. I think they're great. Um, I've watched a few documentaries of like people who have had the custom setups made for them. And it is one of the main reasons that annoys me how esports isn't as diverse as it should be. Because if you think about it, it's really accessible for everyone. Like the the one thing you need is is your your brain you know it's it should be accessible for everybody yeah. and just people aren't making the moves that need to be made to make it like the community that it really could be absolutely like you know for disabled people esports is is a great way to get involved in a competitive sport because yeah like i've got a physical disability i can't play football but with the right computer equipment and adaptations i could get involved in a in a tournament online yeah. or something i actually used to um play a lot of sports i used to be a proper like gym goer and then i kind of only really got into esports when i got like randomly diagnosed with adolescent idiopathic scoliosis but quite severely and i just got way too scared to play any sports really because i was worried about making it worse and everything got 
really painful. So I kind of stopped that altogether yeah. and I missed the community and the social aspects. Like I, I went from having this routine where I felt like I belonged somewhere and I had something to do every day, you know, to just having no, I felt like I had no purpose really. So when I discovered gaming and esports, I kind of felt like I got that part of my life back without having to, you know, be in physical pain and force myself to, yeah. to limits that I couldn't go to. But it, it kind of does mirror sports. Obviously, it's like esports. So I really love it for that. Exactly. So under the right conditions, esports could create a real, a real sense of belonging for people. And, and get involved in the community. So, so I mean, given that, why do you think that these inclusion issues have have occurred within the esports community? Um, I do feel like it's largely self fulfilling prophecy. Like, there's this presumption, obviously, that women aren't as good as games. Some people even say it's biological, which has obviously been disproven and this just has no basis to it. But um, it's like it impacts their performance. You know, when it, when it's in your head that, you know, you're bad, your teammates are constantly telling you you're bad, it's, it is going to affect you. And the only problem really is that, okay, women don't perform as well all the time, but that's only because they don't play as much as men do but I don't think that this is actually a coincidence like I <laughs> I think there's obviously a reason they're not playing as much because it's, there's constant harassment and it's just they really do say anything the anonymity of esports is also a big problem because obviously if it was real sports you're you know the confrontation the face-to-face would kind of make you tone it back a bit but because of the anonymity they really do say anything it is horrible there's also Gender, the way it's um, structured with the big tournaments, it is still gender divided, which doesn't really make much sense to me because there are women at the top in every game. Yeah. But at the same time, there's like no, there's no women in the top 300 earners for pro players either. Right. It is really annoying to see because there are so many, so many great female gamers, but they're just not given the support to break into the industry really or like encouraged by anyone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I suppose, I mean, I might be perpetuating a, a stereotype here, but I'm assuming that a lot of esports is played by younger people. And, you know, I was hoping that younger people would be a bit more on it when it comes to inclusion and creating fairness within esports. Is that, is that kind of an incorrect assumption to have? It really does depend on the game i suppose however like at the top it does tend to be older people so i'd say like between the ages of 17 and 23 or something like that but again it's not even just the people who are toxic it's also the fact that when they are no one else stands up for it because they're like well this is it's Mm. not my problem why should why should i say anything and that's almost worse because you just feel so unsupported and then you want to stop playing because you know you're you're logging in for a hobby and you're just getting harassed and then that obviously makes you worse than your male counterparts and then people just say oh that's you're only bad because you're a girl when really why why would you be putting the practice in when it can be so damaging to your mental health to log in and do that and also there's it's difficult to see the end goal because there's such few female role models there. A lot of people in the industry compare it to like the four minute mile being broken, you know, no female pro players kind of can feel like 
they can do it because no one has paved the way for them. Um, and the the tournaments, obviously, it being gender divided for whatever reason they've they've done that for, it means that the female tournaments there's a lot less viewership. So financially, there's a lot less incentive to go into it. It's much more of a turbulent thing to give up your day job to go pro, which takes yeah. like anywhere from eight to fourteen hours of practice a day, when you will still be making dramatically less amount of money than the male pros, even if you're at the same level. Right. There's a lot of systemic stuff going on. Yeah. That is kind of perpetuating the problem. Yeah. That it's it's not harmless either the the things that people say in voice chats and stuff because it it goes deeper like it's created this this like domino effect of all these issues in the esports community so i feel like these kids are playing playing games being toxic no one's stopping them obviously there's not really much parental or like external control because it's quite a personal thing playing games you know people aren't going to hear what you're saying apart from the people yeah. in the game and then when they're suddenly pro players at a very young age and this is a, a stereotype but I know from my experience that a lot of the gamers do tend to be more shy and less sociable um, but then suddenly they're being praised they've got this like godlike status in the community and I think there have been a lot of instances I've seen in the community where the pro players don't know how to deal with this new fame um, and have like taken advantage of uh, female fans. And there have been lots of instances of sexual harassment and sexual assault just because they get this like godlike status that nothing can harm them, and they're not they're not trained in how to, you know, they're not given much support in how to navigate this, and it just leads to some really bad things. Yeah. It sounds really tricky, and like as you were describing that, it was as you were saying, you know, when when esports players find themselves rise to a certain level of fame, yeah, not knowing how to deal with that, it's like you know there was the stories of, uh, you know, like Love Island contestants not knowing how to deal with uh, their newfound fame or having to or or knowing how to respond on social media. And then getting themselves into all sorts of trouble afterwards. Um, yeah, it's, it's just the same thing is happening online in the digital world as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, I mean, what do you think needs to happen to improve diversity and inclusion within esports? So, I do think that there is some positive change happening more recently, as pe- more people in the community have been speaking up. There was a big scandal recently with Activision Blizzard, which is, you know, one of the main game developers. They they own like a lot of the big games and a lot of the staff were speaking up about inequalities in there and sexual harassment and stuff, which then trickled down into the community where women were opening up more about their experiences gaming. However, yeah, no, I, I am really hoping for 2022 and onwards that things do change. There's been a good example of a of like a groundbreaking positive change in the industry this big organization called cloud nine signed um an extremely talented 
like all female Valorant team called Cloud9 Whites, who they've actually assigned them real funding and actual performance coaches with the aim of success as opposed to having like a token female team, which creates the illusion of diversity, which is what a lot of organizations have done. So they kind of sign these female teams and then push them to the side. And it's really disheartening because it's like they're just there to look pretty and sell merchandise and stuff. But yeah, instead they're encouraged to compete and they've really been given a platform alongside the male team, like the two teams, Cloud9 White and Cloud9 Blue, which is the male and female team. They're more seen as two sides of the same coin as opposed to like two completely separate entities that shouldn't be given the same respect. So the team has been a huge inspiration for others in the community as well. I, like I see people really grinding to get good at games and get into it. They also have like none of the female modesty and apologetic attitudes that I feel like you kind of socialize into from birth, which is nice to see like the girls on the team are just saying like, we're good and we want competition. We want to play other male teams, Yeah, but you know, everyone has to take responsibility. Even if you're not pro in esports, even just the, the daily players, you've got, you've got to speak up for other people who are being harassed and then organizations have to make sure they are being fair about who they hire because another thing that's been said by a lot of people in the in the industry is that they don't want to hire women because it would be a distraction for the for the male players like they don't want co-ed teams because they feel like the women would be too too distracting and they don't want like romances and stuff which is it is ridiculous (laughs) especially when you know in video games it's so easy to compare skill levels because it's literally done by like rank to the exact number like in in overwatch the game i play you have like a four digit number like it's it's so precise so you can really see that women are performing just as well as the men so why aren't there these these platforms for them yeah and 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 what do you think needs to happen about tackling that toxic behavior that you mentioned the you know, when people don't call out, you know, misogynistic or homophobic remarks and behaviour, what do you think needs to happen with regard to that? I think that the organisations in the games really need to care more, assign more funding to actually looking at like report requests, because obviously you can you can report the other players, but not a lot happens a lot of the time. And it's happened that a lot of the players who have gone pro now who obviously getting to that point when they didn't know they were going to go pro they've said a lot of things and it's then resurfaced and the organizations just don't really care at all because as long as they're getting their money they can push that to the side when I I feel like it should be way more strict they they have so much money it's such a growing industry like it's projected to be 1.8 billion dollars in in 2020 2022 sorry (laughs) and I just they're they're just not allocating that funding to get more women involved and to punish those who you know are excluding them from the community and from you know achieving what they're capable of. Yeah. So, what would you say to these companies? Um, like, to your mind, that the number one reason for why we need to make improvements and and why we need to make esports more inclusive. 
I feel like they have a lot of emphasis, these companies, on how fun it is to play the game and how you get this sense of community and how that's really important to them. But they're not really living up to to what they say because not only are they missing out on, on players, obviously, because a lot of women are deterred from playing the games when it's such a toxic environment, but they're missing out on potentially, you know, they're kind of playing themselves because I know and others know that these these women can perform amazingly and be pro players but they're really stuck in their ways it's quite archaic and sad to see mm. i think they're just not emphasizing diversity and inclusion enough that and that they don't seem to care about it too much so the, the question that i ask everybody when they come on this show is what what does inclusive growth mean to you and particularly growth within the esports community I would say inclusive growth would be the deliberate inclusion of a wide range of people, but with actually good intentions, as opposed to, as I said before, like using minorities, for example, like we see a lot of uh, people using marginalized groups for their own personal growth, which is definitely not inclusive growth. So you see as a corporation have like token people to tick the diversity quota and once that's done, they kind of push them to the side, whereas it has to be a genuine collective growth with the genuine intention of equality, no matter how different everyone's abilities are, like yeah. having real honest hope in people and how they're going to perform and actually integrating them into a team rather than kind of exploiting that for your personal growth. I feel like there's a, a facade of inclusive growth definitely in the in the esports community when really it's all personal and financial growth with no real want for change. Well, Meg, thank you ever so much for joining me on this episode. If the person listening to us right now wants to reach out to you and talk to you more about diversity and inclusion within esports, how could they do that? Yeah, so LinkedIn is the best way. And then I have my email and everything linked to that. So it's just my name, Meg Sunshine. Um, yeah, it would be great to hear from people if anybody wants to talk about it further, or even if you have any general questions about the esports community in general. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, Meg, thank you ever so much for joining me. Thank um, you it's so been much. lovely chatting with you. And um, good luck with all of your esports tournaments. Um, thank you. I hope you get to number one. Um, <laughs> and, and thank you for tuning into this episode of the Inclusive Growth Show. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Meg today. And look out for the next episode, which will be coming shortly to one of the podcasting platforms that you listen to. Until then, thanks very much and take care. Thank you for listening to the Inclusive Growth Show. For further information and resources from Toby and his team, head on over to our website at milden.co.uk.